You're listening to The Big Data Beard. Howdy folks, this is Corey Minton from The Big Data Beard team. We are at Strata Data Conference in San Jose, California, and we are in day two. Had some awesome keynotes this morning, some of the funniest keynotes I've ever seen. At a, uh, at a big data conference. Thing with Janelle was awesome. Yeah, we're going to have to get with uh, AIWeirdness.com as soon right. as possible. So we are recording at our, uh, our booth here uh, in the hall, and we've actually got two really exciting guests. So we have Fabian from Data Artisans, and we've got Flavio from Dell EMC to talk to us about streaming data. But it's also nice to note that I'm, uh, noted, I'm joined by Rob Hout, the purveyor of the streaming data scruff. And it turns out that the two guys talking streaming data have scruff as well. Welcome, boys. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> All right, so Fabian, why don't you do us a favor and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah, so um, I'm a co-founder and software engineer at Data Artisans. Um, I'm also a PMC member of Apache Flink. I'm with the project since the beginning, so um, yeah, I kind of that was my PhD project, and we brought that afterwards into uh, into the Apache Software Foundation, and I'm sticking with the project. All right, so then. PhD where? Where are you studying? Um, in Berlin. Berlin, Germany. Oh, very cool. One of my favorite cities. That's awesome. All right. So, uh, Flavio, tell us a little bit about what you do. Yeah. Hi. Uh, thanks for having me today. And Fabian as well, of course. I um, I currently lead the Provega project at Dell EMC. So, Provega is, uh, is an open source project. Uh, it's fairly new. We have started doing it. Uh, it's not even two years ago. We open sourced it last year. So, I guess people are still getting to know um, Provega. Uh, before Provega, uh, I've done a, a bunch of things. In fact, I was uh, doing research before, before, um, uh, well, before the IMC. Uh, I was a Yahoo research, then Microsoft research, and then I worked for Confluent for uh, for some time, and then I joined uh, you know the Provega team in uh, in the IMC. That's what I'm doing today. I've been doing uh, open source for quite a bit of time. Um, so I was I was uh, one of the people who started projects like Apache Zookeeper and. Uh, and uh, Apache Bookkeeper. So I've been involved with Apache projects for, for quite some time. And I, I, I find it very exciting to work on open source projects. I really like the, the feeling of working with the community and, uh, and such. Very cool. So you guys are doing a, uh, a talk later today because I find it interesting that you guys are here together and you're kind of telling a, a joint story. But your, your title later today is, is titled Unified and Elastic Batch and Stream Processing with Pravega and Apache Flink. So help me understand why you guys, like what's the story with these together? And then let's dig into it a little but. Yeah, so um, the the story that we are here telling is so we're basically sharing a vision of, um, yeah, as you said, uh, unified batch and stream processing. Um, we see these, to, today these concepts are basically seen as two, two distinct, uh, distinct uh, processing paradigms. And uh, in our vision, uh, we want to share that you can ex- actually do that uh, with, a, with a combination of two systems. Um, that integrate nicely with each other. And uh, in our talk, we're going to talk about how uh, Prevega and Flink uh, can be such a combination to achieve this unification of batch and stream processing. Okay, so for the folks that don't know, so batch processing is uh, pretty common in the you know the Hadoop land, right? So MapReduce obviously being the early sort of batch processing. Many of the other frameworks that have come along since have been sort of batch-oriented. Is that accurate? Am I missing? So then what's the, like, why is streaming so important? What does streaming do for us that we can't do with batch? Well, so one thing is um, processing data in near real time. As you're ingesting time, trying to get insights, and you know, very quickly over the data that, that you're ingesting. 
And so you can think of a, a, a number of applications that can benefit from this if you're trying, um, if you're trying to get recommendations out of a, you know, whatever set of events that that is coming in. Um, it's important that you process those events in a, in an orderly manner, right? Because if you want to determine that things, you know, one one type of customer is, is purchasing uh, one thing and then purchasing the next one and you want to do that sort of recommendation to another customer, you would like to know that fast. So those kinds of, uh, of uh, that kind of processing and that kind of uh, recommendation, that's something you can do with near time, near real time um, processing over the data. But there are the other spaces, um, other domains of applications that are, that are also interesting. People talk a lot, of, a lot about IoT these days, right? So sensors, Sensors producing, um, you know, lots of samples over time, and you know, you're processing all those samples and trying to make sense of all all that data. Sometimes even reacting to the, you know, to, to the observations we make out of the out of the sensors, you know, connected cars, connected homes, and uh, yeah. and all that stuff. So batch and streaming, and, and many many large organizations kind of as as these technologies um, kind of came into fruition. A lot of folks adopted this concept of a Lambda architecture where you had this sort of streaming, uh, you know, capability that was for that near real time sort of analytics. And then you had this batch that was, you know, you, you still had to store all the data in some persistent file system, but then you created these views that were logical based on the needs of the business, right? And that was the concept of Lambda. And if I, if I know, if I've heard correctly about some of the things that Flink is after and others is an enablement of a slightly modified architecture. I think the folks called it Kappa. Is that the right... So some of the terms. So 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 help me understand what you guys are doing. Is it is this a an, an, an is this part of the lambda architecture where you're continuing to just do that differently, less lossy, kind of more accurate, or are you truly like changing the overall data pipeline and architecture? Yeah. So the uh, main motivation for the lambda architecture was uh, to provide faster results for for analytics or dashboards. So um, you would have. Like a, in, in the classical batch processing sense, you would collect data for a certain amount of time, then issue your batch processing job to crunch the data and um, write that data out to some, some kind of data store and later, or later use it or visualize it. Um, in the Lambda architecture, you would have added um, a real-time uh, system that processes the data as it, is, as it arrives. But at that time when this architecture was proposed, the systems, the streaming systems were not that mature. Um, and only could only produce approximate results. So the results were um, not not exactly the same as a batch processor would have produced. Uh, with modern <coughs> with modern um, stream technology, stream processing technology, you can actually get much closer to to this uh, to, to the results that a batch processor would produce. Okay, so because that's one of the things. So streaming data when it first started out, the the concern was that. If I want to go fast, like get real time, then I had to be willing to give up fidelity, right? Accuracy, which scares people. Like in a recommendation engine, it's not that big of a deal. Because if you get a recommendation a little bit wrong, it's not like detrimental to the company. But if you were trying to uh, <laughs> autonomous car, if you get if you get that data wrong and you make that decision incorrectly, like somebody's life is at stake. So is, is you're saying that these new architectures are allowing us to not have to make those selections between speed and fidelity? Well, it's it's more than that, right? It's not only fidelity. You also have to consider that uh, if you if you do the the lambda architecture, you have two data paths to maintain, right? So, in uh, if you have you have if you have in operations, you'd have to deal with both pipelines: the real time one, which is perhaps not accurate, uh, you know, that doesn't have high fidelity, um, and, and the other one that is doing batch processing. 
to do the two data pipelines, two code sets, two two of everything, right? So it's the maintain the maintenance of that kind of environment probably becomes a challenge. It can be a yeah, it can be a nightmare, yeah. So help me understand what because Flink is a project that I know has has gained popularity over the last few years, and it's super cool to talk to somebody but part of the the team that's bringing that to to fruition. Tell me why Flink came to be, like what its history was, and how it kind of fits in the in the ecosystem. Yeah, so Flink, um, as, I, as I said before, started out as, a, out as an uh, academic research project. So we um, initially designed that to be something like a hybrid system of MapReduce and relational database systems. Um, I'm from a database research group, so we packed a lot of database principles in the, in the processing engine. Uh, we had an uh, optimizer to optimize certain uh, the... the uh, um, the processing strategies right fr right from the start. Uh, we had a pipeline execution engine, uh, such as um, uh, such are the ones that also database systems have, um, and we made these these design decisions pretty much early on. Um, when we brought then Flink or, or gave Flink um, into the Apache Software Foundation, um, we noticed that um, stream processing was really picking up, and we were looking at basically at our technology stack at of the. Uh, technology that Flink provides, and we figured, well, actually, it's not that far away from what our our uh, code base has to offer. And then we um, um, basically um, added added all these features that are necessary for for modern stream processors, such as um, event time processing, handling of large sta large state to perform stateful computations over streams, and um, evolved these features um, now for for quite a, quite some time. Okay, so what is the so if, if if somebody's looking at you know they want to get into stream processing like what's the big advantage at a kind of at a higher level uh, on what Flink does that maybe uh, I don't know like Storm or even Kafka might do like what's the 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 big pitch on why I should be really digging into Flink? So Flink um, covers the full spectrum of all streaming use cases. So it it handles as I said it was designed as a batch process. It also handles. Um, bounded streams, we, we call like batch processing, also bound, bounded stream processing um, very well, as, as well as uh, streaming analytics use cases, but also um, event-driven applications, like the, the kind of like the evolution of uh, microservice architecture. Um, it handles all these, all the, the full, full spectrum of batch processing fairly well. Okay, so then if I want to deploy Flink, is it something that's, is it shipping with, um, you know, with your standard distribution of, of, of a Hadoop distribution, like pick your favorite one, whether it's Hortonworks or Cloudera or the open source versions, is Flink shipping as part of that package or is it something that lives underneath the Zookeeper or Yarn <laughs> right, in terms of a service? How does it actually get deployed? So Flink is not included in any any Hadoop distribution. Well, it's included in um, in Elastic MapReduce uh, from it, um, Amazon, but um, it's not not included by by the other Hadoop vendors. Um, Flink can be deployed on Yarn, so you simply can run it as a Yarn service. It also runs on Mesos, uh, with a new release that will come out in a few in a few weeks. Uh, we'll also have uh, Prime support for Kubernetes, so you can actually um, de deploy Flink pretty much everywhere. And it also runs as a standalone system if you if you don't want to set up a resource manager. Very cool. So, so we've got Flink, which handles you know stream processing. Very cool. Why do we need Pravega? What what's the what's the reason why Pravega exists and why is it complementary to what uh, the folks at Flink are trying to accomplish? Right. There are um, there are two main reasons for Pravega to exist. One is you need to ingest data, and typically you don't want to 
couple the source that is producing data to the stream processor, which is flinking, you know, in the in the in this discussion. But in general, that's something you don't want to do. You don't want to do that coupling, and so you need some some component to ingest that data. Traditionally, this has been done with messaging systems. Uh, you look at a RabbitMQ, Kafka, you know, all, all sort of messaging pub sub style substrates that substrate that are, that um, ingest that data for you. The problem is those systems have never, they have not been developed, they have not been designed and developed to host data for you know for for long periods of time, for extended periods of time. So if you have a stream that is long running, has been running for I don't know maybe years, what you have to do is you have your recent pass stored in those systems, and then your distant pass is stored somewhere else. You move it to HDFS maybe, and then if you want to do any processing, you have to go to that other system. That causes you complications when processing that data because you can easily think that uh, when you want to do queries over the data, you might want to combine, you know, the, the the recent pass with the with the distant pass, you know, do joins over that, and you know that that kind of processing. And if they are across separate systems, it just complicates the life of whoever's trying to do that. And so Provega is a system that allows you to ingest the data and just keep it there in whatever form you choose. Okay. Right. So and like when you say whatever form, like is it. Does it go and live in a file system? Does it go live in an object store? Like how are because it's something what we're writing data. The, the abstraction is a stream. Okay. So you write you you append to a stream. You read from a stream. Mm-hmm. Right. So you, you, we guarantee order. Uh, you know, on a per key basis that that kind of stuff. But so we guarantee that order that is given by the application, and uh, and uh, and you process the data in a stream format because that's one of the things that uh, that we are trying to achieve overall. It's not only with, with Provega, but the overall vision is that. Applications um, are they, they process data in stream format, and the whole unification of batch and stream is is along those lines, right? So th- let's not differentiate batch and stream. Everything can be processed as a stream. So I'm a storage nerd, and so I have a okay. question. Uh, what what <laughs> clearly what what makes a what makes up a stream when it comes to when, it, when we actually lay that down and we to Tori's point earlier like what do I write? So I mean we could, we're calling it a stream, but I don't know what's in that. Yeah. So abstractly for the application, what it means is that uh, we are storing the events you're giving us in order. It's like an immutable log file, right? Pretty much. Um, and internally, what we do is, to some extent, we expose that as well. We have, um, we have segments, right? And the segments can be either open or sealed. And we use those to compose streams. Right, so you can you can you know you can think of a stream as a, as for example a, a concatenation of a sealed segment and an open segment, and when you append to the stream, you append to the open segment, right? And over time, you c- you can seal the other segment and create another one, and with that, you can you can see that I can spread that uh, that, that load across across a number of servers, and I'm not limited by the capacity of a of one single machine. Um, but there are there are cooler things I can do with that, right? So so with this abstraction of segments, another thing I can do is scale a stream, right? Because I have one single segment. If it's hot, it's taking too much load, I can seal that, create two, and I have just given you parallelism by doing that. And run it across multiple machines that are... It run across multiple machines, exactly. Right? And, and those two, I can split into four, and I don't know. So, so depending on the workload, I can, we can adjust um, capacity for, uh, of ingestion um, for a stream based on, uh, on, uh, on what we're observing. 
Now, is that confined to a to a cluster, meaning like in a location, or can you actually segment that scale over distances between like data centers between clouds? Um, okay, abstractly, yes. We haven't done the work <laughs> okay, yet. You're not that's there. that's totally fair. That's fair. No, that's, that's cool, man. That's good. Yeah. Um, so, so that's that's interesting. So, what's the um, What's the path for, for consumption of, uh, of Flink and Pravega? Like how do people, I mean, data, data artisans, obviously you guys bring Flink to market and what is your value? Are you providing services? Are you providing licenses? Like what's your, your delivery model? Um, yeah, so data artisans provides um, <coughs> a Flink distribution, so, uh, which obviously includes open source Flink, but also um, uh, a proprietary um, component, which we call the application manager. And this application manager um, basically maintains the life cycle of applications, of streaming applications. These applications typically run 24-7, so they need like a special, um, they need special care when you want to maintain them. And uh, something that Flink offers, a feature that Flink provides, are save points where you take a consistent snapshot of the whole state of an application. You put that in HDFS, for instance, or S3, and then you can restore the application from that from that save points. All the sources are resetted to that position of the save point. All the internal state of the application are reset. And this is a very f powerful tool because you can do things like stop and resume um, an application. You can also run A-B test. You s run different applications starting from the same save point. You can migrate an application uh, to another data center or a new Flink version. And all these things are nicely integrated in this application manager. That's incredible. That's actually, that's actually pretty interesting because that's one of the things that I think a lot of the the modern applications have struggled with, which is that traditional IT thing of I need to be able to take a point in time snap of an application, recreate it for not only the purposes of, like you said, A/B testing, but like disaster recovery. Like, how about I take a copy of that, put it in an HDFS, set a replication job, so that if I have a smoking hole disaster, I can actually rebuild that critical application. That's that's pretty interesting. Yeah. If if I may interrupt you, so we have actually have a user who's using this feature for an awesome use case. So they are basically. Um, Taking save points and always going for the for the region in AWS that has the lowest spot instances. So they're running their applications on spot instances, and whenever something fails, they just migrate uh, to the next to really? the next region. Yeah. See, that's pretty slick. See, that, that's what I see. So I was trying to get like that's what I want to know. I was like, what's the use case? Like, because I, I get that you're building streaming applications, and this is a framework that allows you to do that. But it, that, that's cool. Like, it actually solves that problem of decreased latency, improved performance. That's kind of cool. One cost. Yeah, and cost. You're yeah, right. right. Exactly. So, what are some of the other like? I, I saw there's a ton on your on the, the Data Arson's website. You've got great logos of customers that are using it. What are some of the unique problems that they're solving by partnering with Data Artisans? Yeah, so um, for instance, RNG is using uh, using Flink for for fraud detection, um, um, and like using that to yeah for to detect fraud in in uh, in financial transactions. Um, yeah, other users are using Flink um, to to build in-house backend services based on uh, SQL streaming SQL. Or um, um, we also know of a company that uh, built the backend of a social network using Flink. Really? So they, this is like an event-driven architecture mm -hmm. uh, design pattern, and every click on a website basically creates an event that goes into 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 um, a message queue, is then delivered to Flink, handled by Flink, and triggers all sorts of other operations. And again, this company uses like save points um, for for yeah, for instance, for A/B testing to yeah. to test different recommendation models. So I wonder, like, if it's just my mind starts going when anytime I hear like event processing, I already I start thinking about like, you know, 
machine generated data logs like so thinking about log analytics and is there a is there a use case or do you see a future where that can be used for large scale log aggregation and analytics for things like preventative maintenance so if you think about the iot construct of dealing with how do i make sure that in the field are being consistently monitored so that i can analyze or choose when we take them out of ass you know out of production is that kind of a future or is that kind of a different use case no, I think that uh, actually fits the, the 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 vision of Flink uh, pretty well. Like also these these kinds of use cases, yes. Very cool. So then, Pervega obviously is a, an open source thing, but I think it's been announced in in previous conversations that you know there's some Dell EMC project going on there where they're gonna they have this project code name which I don't know what to talk about. But Pervega is open source today, correct? Is that right? Pervega is open source today, yes. And then is there work being done inside Dell EMC to do something similar to what Data Artisans has done with? having that unique thing that they deliver above and beyond the open source is that something that that's being worked on yeah so so we are we are working on a platform uh, but that's not that's not an official project uh, product yet okay so it has been announced mm-hmm. um, in 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 some Dell EMC conferences you know so the the, the project has been announced but a, a GA yeah it's not a J product yet very cool but the goal is then to create a like you said a streaming storage platform that allows these stream processors to ingest the data, separate it from your traditional... Yes. So on the product side, yes. But uh, maybe I'd rather talk a bit more about the community because that's one of the directions that, uh, that that we really want to go. So we one of the reasons we, wanted, we open sourced early um, was exactly to be able to attract people and, get a, and build a community around it, a community of developers that are perhaps excited about the technology, about the cool things that, uh, that we can do with all the abstractions that we are proposing. And that's uh, that's really something that we're looking to doing more. I mean, it's it's still we still don't have many contributors or people interacting, but we, we that's that's one direction that we want to go. Well, that's why you're here, right? I mean, you're here talking about it, showing the, exactly. <laughs> the use cases. Exactly. Excellent. And so, talking to you guys as well. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you're, gonna, you're gonna get a great audience here. We've had some fun. Um, so so when you guys when you go present, I mean, tell us a little bit about the story, like at a higher level, like. That what are the three things people are going to hear when they come sit in your session that they're going to take away and why they should go download the slides and then bring you guys in? Um, so, okay, so I'm going to outline the talk. I say I guess that's a, that's that's cool. <laughs> an easy way of doing this. Um, so we will start by motivating um, why we are talking about a unified batch stream pipeline, right? So giving queries along the lines of what I was saying before, like you know, so your queries do not need to differentiate between recent past and distant past and whether you know the data is is here or if the data is there and how do I make that work right so it's all coming from the same source is Provega and uh, you need to process it you express perhaps in with a SQL with a SQL query um, so th- that's that's that, that's sort of the motivation of uh, of of the work and then uh, Provega provides a number of features that enable the processing with Flink um, to, to be really, but to be efficient and effective. Um, for example, one of the really nice things that we can do is is processing with exactly one semantics. So in Provega, we provide two features that enable that uh, in in the Flink pipeline. Maybe Fabian wants to talk a bit about the, uh, on the Flink side, but uh, you know, so the checkpointing we do on the reader side, and uh, and uh, the um, uh, transactions we provide on the right side enable us to have a full pipeline where a Flink job reads data from Provega, right, and you know does its processing and dumps data back uh, to back Provega. Back to Provega. Okay. Very cool. Did you want to add something to that? Or you... Sorry. Okay. 
So we've seen some in the past, and I think you were you were kind of alluding to this earlier. Like we've seen early stages of this, and there was uh, I think it was a, was it a, was it Dell EMC World last year when they did the the brainwave. We did it there, and we did it at uh, oh at DataWorks. Sorry, we did it there and at DataWorks. Okay, last year. So tell me, but so were you part of that? Do you know what I'm talking about? The yeah, yeah, demo? I do. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so tell me about that because it was I, I saw people. I literally I walked by this booth. And I saw people wearing these, you know, look like, you know, EKG or whatever monitors on their heads. Yeah. I was like, no, well, this isn't via virtual reality. This is freaking me out. Or what are we doing? <laughs> so tell me a little bit about what that, like, what that was and kind of use case wise, what that drove. Uh, well, so th those, you know, so that thing in the head, I, I don't know that, how that's called, to be honest. Um, but it, it, there was this bunch of sensors generating uh, events. Yeah. Uh, so the, the application was actually really simple. There was just some visualization around the events that that, uh, that device was generating, uh, showing you know, your brain waves and so on. Based on, um, uh, if I remember correctly, it was like a bunch of questions, and, and depending on uh, you know how your reaction was, then your brain would display differently. So oh, nice. <laughs> All right, so now they've done that at conferences around the world, and they're now reading minds. That's what I just took away from that. <laughs> they can predict the answers to questions. Yeah, uh, that's very cool. So, so guys, I, I appreciate you being on. I wanted to, I wanted to give you the, the chance to talk about your session. I certainly, we encourage folks to go check out. Will the slides be online? Are you guys going to post your slides online afterward, or? I think so. Yeah. All right, we'll try to grab the link for those so that folks can check them out. Um, where do how do folks engage with you two personally if they're interested in learning more about? data artisans and about Pravega, what's the best way for them to engage you to learn more? Um, yeah, so for me, the best way would be, um, yeah, you can write me on my Apache email address, which is public out there. Okay. Um, yeah, that would be one way. You guys way. have sales guys that are like out in the field selling for you or? Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, we also have, um, yeah, you can also, of course, reach out uh, via the data artisans website to us. Um, if Very you don't cool. want the personal touch. <laughs> we like the personal touch. That's good. We'll find you on Apache. What about you? How, how's the best place? For, how, how do people, if they want to learn more about Pervega and they want to learn more about the Dell EMC kind of work on, on the side in terms of productization, what's the best way for folks to engage with you? Yeah, so for Provega itself, there is a website, provega.io. Um, also, our, our main repository is on, is on GitHub. Um, in fact, it's, it's probably important to highlight that at that's where we do the work. It's not that we have an internal branch and push stuff out. We we really do the work in on, on the GitHub repository directly. So if you're gonna go there, you're gonna see all all the devs in the in the team, you know, pushing stuff and uh, interacting and so on. So so if you're interested about the project itself, you know, go there and uh, check what we are doing, the things that are they're going on and such. If you want to reach out to me directly, I mean, there, there are a number of ways these days, right? <laughs> uh, I I'm on all. I, I guess I, I'm not active on Facebook these days, but you it's know, a LinkedIn, burning trash fire. You don't want to be on there. Uh, <laughs> at least LinkedIn and uh, and uh, um, uh, and Twitter, I, I check regularly. So free free to connect on those, and uh, you know, email always works. Uh, FPJ at Apache org. That's cool. So then one one quick question before we shift gears. You're here this week. You're going to be talking about this this idea of unified, you know, elastic and uh, unified and elastic search for stream and batch. What's next? What are you guys doing over the next couple months? Like, what are the exciting projects you're working on, or kind of the the direction you're trying to take the product? If you can give us a little forecast, that'd be great. Yeah, so I've been uh, working for the last two years on, as I said, like the relational APIs. Like, streaming SQL is a very, very hot topic, uh, which is also like being integrated in other other systems these days. Um, Flink has uh, fairly good support for for, for running streaming SQL queries on streams, but also on batch data. Um, we do that in a in a way that you don't have uh, a special special syntax or semantics. So we're running the uh, queries with batch semantics with batch syntax on streams, uh, which also means that you can easily port 
port queries from historic data to to real time data. That's, yeah, that's cool. Uh, something that I'm I'm working on and uh, something that I'll also continue to be, be working on. Very cool. So the the concept there for if I understand correctly for streaming SQL API is that you can any of those previous queries that you kind of built in the batch context that you can without having to totally rewrite the way that you interact with stream data sets, you can actually take those complex SQL language queries and move them into the stream. Is that does that did I capture that? Yeah, so what, what basically happens uh, is that um, these queries are then um, not uh, not processed uh, by ingesting all data at once, crunching all the data and emitting a result, uh, but rather these queries are then uh, incrementally uh, computed. Okay. So uh, kind of like similar to uh, what a database system is doing when you're building a materialized view. Yeah. So you're changing the base tables of the, of the view definition, and then these changes need to be propagated into the materialized view. So this is basically um, something that we're doing, but uh, in, con in the context of Flink, this is uh, running in a distributed system, running on uh, high-throughput streams. Um, yeah. Excellent. Okay, so, so what's the next big conference for you? Are you presenting at any, uh, any conferences here in the next few months? Oh yeah, so there will be um, the Flink Forward Conference there we uh, go. in a month here in San Francisco. <laughs> Excellent. Um, yeah, so uh, this conference will see uh, quite a uh, quite quite a lot uh, of interesting use cases of Flink. Yeah. Uh, that will be an awesome show. Yeah, Flink Forward. We saw that on the web, and I was like, "This is cool." So, how, how many people are starting to attend that? Have you? Because uh, I know it's it's only was last year the first year for Flink Forward. So we had last year the first Flink Forward here in San Francisco. We mm -hmm. had it already three times uh, in Berlin. Sweet. Um, yeah, so uh, usually um, about uh, three to 350 people okay. uh, show up. That's awesome, man. Well, cool. Well, we look forward to some news out of there. Maybe we'll come by and hang out with you. Flavio, what's your, what's your next step, man? What are you working on in the next few months? Uh, building community, obviously. Yes, building community. Uh, actually, probably the question is what I'm not working on. <laughs> <laughs> it's a smaller list, huh? <laughs> I think so. Uh, th there are a bunch of things that we're currently doing. Oh, you know, of course, we're not at the stage as, uh, the same stage as Flink. Like yeah. we are still, there are lots of things I still need to do. Um, I, I think one exciting thing that uh, we really, we're really going to be working on is uh, historical stream processing, boosting our historical stream processing story. Um, and so yeah, I focus a lot on the on the on the sort of near near real time stream processing story, but you know we also care about the distant past data, which yeah. which you know we need to boost our story around there, to uh, you know provide all new features um, um, that enable jobs to do that efficiently. So yeah, so that's that's one thing that we're going to be focusing on. And in addition to I don't know stuff like security and uh, and all the fun stuff, governance yeah. and all the other fun. Governance. Yeah. Now are you going to be at the Flink Forward conference as well? I'm going to be at the Flink Forward conference, then at the DataWorks conference in Berlin. Sweet. Then, uh, then Strata London as well. Yeah, okay. Very cool. You're making the full conference circuit. That's awesome. Community building, man. That's right. That's exactly <laughs> what you're doing. Well, very cool. Well, guys, thank you so much for being on. I Again, I encourage folks to check out the, uh, the slides. We'll put a link in the show notes for folks. But definitely dig into Flink, to data artisans, what you're doing there, the, the unique proprietary things you're doing there sound really interesting. And then obviously, Pervega, building a community. If you're interested in getting involved, certainly reach out. We've learned a lot from our guests about big data, but now it's time to get a bit personal. In a segment we like to call Rapid Fire. Pew, pew. So here's how it works. You basically just sit back, relax, take a deep breath, and say the first thing that comes to mind that when I ask you these questions. And we'll just kind of, I'll go back and forth. So we'll start with, we'll start with you, Flavio. Uh, what year do you think Skynet will go online? Uh, 2030. 2030. All right. What about you, Fabio? 
I hope later. <laughs> we all hope later. <laughs> We're all going to be killed if it doesn't. Okay, uh, what's the last good book you read? Oh, um, that's that's probably both the book that I'm currently writing. Oh, you're writing a book? Yeah, I'm oh. writing a book, uh, Stream Processing with Apache Flink. It's oh, uh, still good. a work in progress, but uh, I hope it will be out. Uh, be on O'Reilly Media, hopefully? It will be. Yeah, it's already in early release, so you can only get it. Oh, like, really? Unedited, but um, I yeah. like it. All right, we'll check it out. What about you? What's the what's the best book you've read recently? Oh, I, I've been reading a lot about uh, the, the political situation in Catalonia. So I, I don't know if you guys know about that, but uh, you know, so that's uh, that's an issue that has been going on. Yeah, you know, I, I've been trying to inform myself. Oh, good for you. Stay informed on those things. All right. So, what genre of music are you rocking these days? I don't know. I, I just go all over the place. Uh, I, I I go from classic to pop and 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 rock. All right. So you're a you're a renaissance man with your music. What about you, Fabian? Yeah, pretty much the same. Like it really depends on the mood. Keep it loose. All right. All right. So, um, what piece of technology is currently making your life worse? Oh, um, that's that's a, that's a tough question. What is my mind? Um, I guess like all the uh, all the uh, mobile data situation in Germany, it's pretty awful. The mobile data situation. What's going on there? Um, like. All the other providers, it's uh, it's it's all very expensive and uh, not very good service. Really? So yeah. that's too bad because I actually have. So, I still have. Yeah. So I'm my provider offered me here for two euros uh, six megabytes. Oh gosh, <laughs> that's awful. <laughs> it's actually funny. I actually bought. So we were in Germany this past year, and my wife has a phone from the U.S. And we went over there, and we ended up instead of buying one in London, where it's an English-speaking country, and I could have easily easily navigated the website. We waited till we got to Germany, and so I got Vodafone DEs, you know, Deutschland's like SIM card to put in the iPhone. Oh my! God, you would not have believed how hard it was for me to put money on the stupid thing. I was blown away. All right, so what piece of technology is making your life worse? I think the the two obvious calls would be printers and video conferencing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's oh, a good one. That's good. That, I like that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, have you seen yeah. the uh, Have you seen the YouTube video of uh, if a video conference was in real life? Oh. I'll send you the link to it. Dude, it'll, you'll die. It's it's exactly the thing that you're talking about. Okay, what is your 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 biggest personal money pit right now? Like, where are you spending all your personal money? I don't know. I think I'm just leaving that in the bank. Oh, but uh, I, I think I'm. Guy. Yeah. Oh, I, 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 I'm, I, I've been buying um, wine recently. Oh, that's good. Not one. a lot of it, but I, I think probably more than I should. What region? Uh, what region are you into these days? Oh, Spanish wine, of Spanish course. Spanish wine. All right, very cool. How about you, Fabian? Um, yeah, I don't have any expensive hobbies. Oh, that's, oh yeah, you guys are it's super much, boring. Yeah. Much smarter than us. Um, okay, are you going anywhere exceptionally interesting soon for work or for fun? Not really. Shameless plug, Flink Forward Conference, super interesting. Yeah, we talked about that already. <laughs> I it's, know. Uh, you got a hammer at home. <laughs> I'm not sure how exciting how exciting San Francisco is. Yeah, it's a I good mean, I like, I like it because I'm not from here, but... Yeah, there you go. All right, how about you? Not you a going, very exotic place. Going anywhere cool? Yes, I'm going to Barcelona. Oh, I live there. Okay. You live in Barcelona. Oh, See, I like I like Berlin, and in Germany, it's a great town. Barcelona, if I had to pick one city to live in in Europe, I think it'd be Barcelona. Oh, just incredible. Okay. Good taste, man. Yeah, well, so I got kind of thrown off because the the first customer visit that I went to in, in Barcelona, my visitors a couple of years ago, was Desigual, the, the clothing manufacturer. And you know where their store is, right? Or where their, their shop. So it's right there on the point. And literally, I'm in this conference room, and it's all glass. And I'm standing kind of on this whiteboard talking, looking at people, and the glass is behind them. 
And I'm looking on the beach, and it's the be- it's the Barcelona beach. And I'm like, how do you guys get any work done? This is incredible. Like, I'm staring at the ocean. It's delightful. Um, okay. What show are you currently uh, or have you recently binged on? Like TV show or Netflix? Uh, there is there is this show, okay, two 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 series, two TV series, but they're actually a Spanish series. I think one uh, one of them is actually on on, on uh, American Netflix. I think is that called Money Heist. Um, okay. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I like that one a lot. And there's another one that I, I actually don't know the translation to that. So in Spanish is Ministerio del Tiempo. Okay. All right. Cool. And you? Any any TV shows you're into these days? Um. E- well, it's it's been a while, but I've uh, I've watched like a Scandinavian uh, crime show that was quite interesting. I can't really remember the name of it. Was, uh, I liked it a lot. All right, we'll look it up. Well, guys, thanks again for being on. We are so appreciative of your time here. We hope your session goes well. We wish you the best of luck. We'll say break a leg, and uh, certainly look forward to reading the book and uh, want to hear some updates out of Fleet Forward Conference. Thanks again for being on, gentlemen. Thank you for hosting us. Thanks for hosting us. Cheers. Hey, folks. Brett Roberts here, and I hope that you enjoyed the podcast. On behalf of the Big Data Beater team, I just want to say thank you for listening and in return offer you something pretty awesome. Strata Data London is less than two months away and we are giving one lucky listener a free pass to this amazing event. To enter, all you have to do is either join our mailing list, subscribe to our YouTube channel, or just review one of our podcasts. Each time you do one of these, you are entered to win. We will be announcing the winner on April 24th. For more information, check out www.bigdatabeard.com. And as always, you can use promo code PCBEARD for any O'Reilly, Strata Data, or AI Conference Pass and receive 20% off. Good luck, and thank you for listening.